You know, with the official close of the 2022 NFL season with the Super Bowl yesterday, we can say one thing about the Green Bay Packers. They're back to being undefeated. And we don't have to see them lose a game for another six months. Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews. I am your host, John Delray. Today we are talking Green Bay Packers. I got a couple news updates for you, as well as looking at, you know, the Super Bowl was yesterday, Eagles versus Chiefs, and while those two teams aren't tremendously similar, there are five similarities between both of those teams that the playoff-missing Green Bay Packers could probably stand to learn from. And so I'm going to dive into what those five traits are and talk a little bit about how the Packers could move in that direction of what winning in the NFL today looks like. First, though, pertinent news over the weekend, and that would be that the Indianapolis Colts seemingly are moving to a final direction in their head coaching search, which means Rich Bisaccia, Green Bay Packers special teams coordinator, is not going to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He's going to be remaining in Green Bay as our special teams coordinator. Um, this is a win for Green Bay. We've talked a lot in the last few episodes about how much we didn't want to lose him. Uh, we talked about how important he became towards the culture of Green Bay, something I'm going to be talking about a bit today. But ultimately, just the fact that he gets to remain in Green Bay, Green Bay can continue to make progress in special teams, continue to have his intensity, which is something sorely needed in the coaching staff in Green Bay. Uh, so this is a win all the way around. Certainly, if Pisaccio would like another opportunity at a head coaching job, personally, you hope for that for him. But for the betterment of the Green Bay Packers, keeping Pisaccio in tow is great. It just is. So um, that is big news as well. You know, the other piece of secondary news, if you care, if you don't, I'll touch on it quickly. A lot of people, there were some erroneous reports yesterday that like during the Super Bowl, Rodgers was, was entering the void and going into his darkness retreat to meet the hat man and all that bull crap. But apparently he's appearing on McAfee tomorrow. We just don't know if it's going to be from the darkness or not. But whatever, apparently he's on McAfee tomorrow. Tom Silverstein said, obviously, he's not on his retreat yet. Whatever. what Aaron needs to take whatever time he needs to take. And the Packers have already said from Mark Murphy himself, which I addressed on Friday, that, they're, that they want an answer by free agency for all intents and purposes, which would be mid-March. So I don't think it's going to be that Rodgers is going to go into the darkness tomorrow, come out four days later, and we're going to have breaking news. Maybe although I doubt it. Um, and he absolutely has earned the right to make his decision. The Green Bay Packers, as his employer and the overall entity that we're supposed to root for, also hold the majority of the cards here. So take it for what you will, but uh, no, no news, no decisions yet, and the reports yesterday of Rodgers entering the dar darkness were erroneous. He is not there yet. Um, 
on that side note, uh, we also know for sure now Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, amongst several others reporting, that the New York Jets have begun their pursuit of veteran quarterbacks. That includes calling the Green Bay Packers and officially inquiring as to the availability of Aaron Rodgers. Now, what was said back to the Jets? Mm-hmm. What uh, what was communicated between the two teams? Did the Jets bring up potential trade compensation? Mm-hmm. All we know and has has been confirmed by several different sources is that the Jets have indeed called the Packers to inquire about if Aaron Rodgers will be on the trade block or not. That's all we know at this point. So, moving on from that, uh, if you're new to the channel, welcome. Glad uh, that we have some new subscribers that have been coming. We're almost at 400 as of filming right now. We're at 383. I'm so thankful to everyone who's been here after only one year of doing this. It's been a very, very exciting year. It's been a very fun year for me. Uh, We are closing in on 400. So anything you can do to help, whether you share, send it around, um, anything you can do to help, I would tremendously appreciate it. Very, very thankful. Very, very glad that you're here. So let's talk Chiefs, Eagles. What do they do different than the Packers? You know, and let's not let's not take this the wrong way, right? It's not like if the Packers do X, Y, Z, all of a sudden the Packers are going to find themselves in next year's Super Bowl. And it's also not as cookie cutter, not as cut and dry, not as easy as some of these sound, right? Like I could tell you one of the positions that I'm going to be talking about that both of these teams emphasized is tight end. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I'm going to be talking about that in just a few minutes. Both teams value tight ends. Going out and getting a Travis Kelsey isn't, you can't just go get one. In fact, you can't just go sign on a free agency. Travis Kelsey now is being talked about as one of the top tight ends ever, for sure, of this generation. I mean, you can't just look at the Packers and say, well, do that. Do, do, go get the, go get the Hall of Fame guy. You'll be fine. Well, no, of course not. Like the Chiefs didn't even know what they had when they picked Kelsey. There's a reason he wasn't a number one pick. So, a lot of these aren't cut and dry. A lot of these aren't super easy to do. But nonetheless, these are five things that are pretty easily observable, be it from watching the Super Bowl yesterday or just knowledge of of how franchises work. These five things are pretty observable that these things are different than what the Green Bay Packers have been doing over the span of realistically the last almost half decade. So, number one, And I know this is going to ruffle some feathers, but the truth is, don't be afraid to transition. Philadelphia Eagles did it. Look, I mean, they had Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz back in 2017 was an MVP candidate. And eventually they just, they knew it wasn't working anymore. They picked Jalen Hurts later on in the draft. And and look, the thing was too, there's been a ton of of revisionist history going on with the Packers in regards to Jordan Love and the Packers drafting. Well, the Packers could have picked Jalen Hurts. Yeah, they could have. Do you remember what the Eagles were like before this year? Like, Jalen Hurts didn't become Jalen Hurts until this year. There's a reason he was a mid-round pick. So... Could they have picked Jalen Hurts? Yeah, totally. They opted for Jordan Love, who they believe was a better quarterback prospect. And we have yet to know whether that's going to fully come into fruition or not. But look, the Eagles, what I'm talking about here is the Eagles had the guts to make that transition. 
And last year, they started Jalen Hurts, and they modified, and Nick Sirianni's first year's coach modified the entire offensive scheme. Remember, for much of the year last year, Philadelphia basically never threw the ball, ever. They just completely adapted everything to their young quarterback. And then this offseason, when they felt as though there was a chance, they went out and got A.J. Brown. They went out and did this, and they, they fortified all around him. Remember, at the beginning of this year, there was talk of this is Jalen Hurts' final tryout year. That they're going to get all of the weapons, surround him, and if he still can't make it work, he's not the guy. So they walked into this year as it being a tryout year for Jalen Hurts for all intents and purposes, and now he's getting a $50 million contract extension in all likelihood this offseason. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, again, as simple as just plug and play. And I guess that's what I'm getting to here. Not only do you have to make the transition, but you have to embrace who you're transitioning to. Look no farther than the other side of the Super Bowl field, Patrick Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs. They had Alex Smith, who was a perfectly fine, competent, aging quarterback. Then they picked Patrick Mahomes in the first round. And they felt as though they had something special there, even though he was revered as raw coming out of the draft. And now, look, five years as a starter, and he's got the most impressive five-year starting resume anyone's ever seen, and as well in his way to being revered as one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. Of course, you dream your transitions to look like that. The Packers did it once upon a time, going from Favre to Rodgers. But nonetheless, here's what's occurred, okay? Both the Eagles and the Chiefs, at one point, had to transition from quarterback to quarterback. And when they did so, they fully embraced the transition. And they modified their teams to, to have personnel that was suitable to that quarterback's play style. Now, you could argue, because the Chiefs have a much longer record here with Mahomes, that they haven't always done that. The Chiefs are comparable to the actual Packers for a number of reasons, including O-line deficiencies in the last couple of years, Mahomes getting hurt like Rodgers did in the middle of his career. But nonetheless, you could see that both of these teams did adopt their rosters to their quarterback, something the Packers, you could argue, haven't really done a lot of for a long time. But not only that, it's not just the personnel. We've acknowledged that Nick Sirianni coaching has done a radical job on the playbook of the Eagles. Andy Reid calls whatever he wants all the time with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, and it works for them. But the thing is, they have identified their philosophy. They've identified who they want to be. And then they push for it. If I were to ask you on offense... On offense, just offense for now, what is the identity of the Green Bay Packers? Who's got a clear answer? Because the answer that I think immediately comes to mind for most fans is Aaron Rodgers. Okay, but what does that mean? Like, you can't tell me that the identity of the Chiefs, just the identity, is Patrick Mahomes. No, it's heavily influenced by Andy Reid's play calling, the people that they have around. There is a certain play style there, and it works very well. So what is it for Green Bay? 
I'm willing to bet that if Matt LaFleur were, un- were running his offense in full fruition, we'd have a clearer picture. But we don't. Through much of the year, the Green Bay Packers were a broken and scattered mess of multiple philosophies that never seemed to actually adapt and grow in one singular direction. So make the transition, embrace the transition, and then push forward into who you are going to be. A lesson the Green Bay Packers need to learn, and hopefully sooner than later. All of this goes straight into point number two, which I've already touched on a little, but it's true. Run the offense. Both of these teams, the Chiefs and the Eagles, ranked among some of the most aggressive teams in football this year. But not only that, sometimes they went complex. Look at the merry-go-round stuff that the Chiefs do. While on the other side of the field, the Philadelphia Eagles walk up and say, hey, it's fourth and one. You can now push the quarterback forward on a QB sneak. No matter how you feel about that rule, it is legal. So why don't we do it? We need one yard. We have a good offensive line. Snap the ball to Jalen Hurts. Use the other big bodies to shove him forward. Get one yard and prosper. It doesn't have to be that difficult, right? And yet, you heard me bemoan throughout so much of this year that the Green Bay Packers are making things way harder than they need to. They don't believe in themselves. They have a good offensive line. So walk up there, use it, and get a yard. And stop with this third and one, so we're going to sling it 38 yards down the field thing. Just get a yard. And it's something that you saw the Chiefs last night and the Eagles routinely do throughout the course of this year. You don't have to play more more than what you need. Number three, invest in the trenches. Look, look, you, you, you could argue that the Chiefs don't invest nearly as much as the Eagles, and I would wager that that's true. Now, the Eagles, wow, both offensive and defensive, that team is built through the trenches. I mean, look at the defensive side of the ball. Ndamukong Sue, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Hargrave, Hassan Reddick, all those Eagles, pass rushers, D-linemen. And on the offensive side of the ball, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson. (sighs) You go over to the Chiefs. They've got Chris Jones, right? And kind of similar to the Packers, the Chiefs' defensive line is one really good guy, Kenny Clark, and then some others, Dean Lowry, John Reed, etc. John Reed actually used to do it for the Chiefs. But the thing is, you can see that the foundation, at least of the Philadelphia Eagles, is entirely built through the trenches. And the Green Bay Packers, yes, at the end of the season, they did have a top five ranked offensive line by PFF. And yes, when David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are there, it is one of the best offensive lines in football. It is. However, Josh Myers is wildly inconsistent. If you shift over to right guard, John Runyon is very good. He is limited in some regards, though. And then right tackle, you've got kind of this question right now of Yash, or is it going to be Zach Tom in the future? But either way, all year, it's been this rough question mark. You certainly don't have a road grader over there at right tackle like Elaine Johnson. So 
Ultimately, the Green Bay Packers have to look at their trenches and they have to have an honest conversation about, yes, we ranked very well in a number of ways. Yes, I do believe David Bakhtiari is coming back. Elton Jenkins, of course, is. But the rest of the offensive line at least has some level of inconsistency or question to it. And on defense, yes, you have Kenny Clark. And you've got Devontae Wyatt, who had very promising stretches. Do you trust him to sustain that and truly become the partner to Kenny Clark on that line? And then after that, who do you have? Sure, there's TJ Slayton. And then after that, it gets scary fast. So if you're the Green Bay Packers, address the trenches. Number four, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but the value of the tight end position. It's not just Travis Kelsey in, ten, in Kansas City. It's Dallas Goddard in Philadelphia. In fact, the vast majority of the playoff teams this year had production out of their tight end spot, be it with Cincinnati with Hayden Hurst, uh, San Francisco with George Kittle, Dallas with Dalton Schultz, all more impactful on the field than Robert Tunyon was this year for the Packers. And that could be for any bevy of reasons. It's not just the fault of Tunyon. Look at how they were using Tunyon predominantly as a safety shield. There were a lot of chipping, a lot of blocking when Bakhtiari was out. Or Mercedes Lewis being on the field, who's going to block 95% of the time and everyone knows it. What kind of production are you going to get out of that position when that's what you're asking it to do? Nonetheless, though, it doesn't change the fact that you can look across football. Football has always, always been a game that if you can execute or you emphasize basically against the trend, you're going to do okay. And I mean that from, we've seen in the last 20 years alone, these mass fluctuations of suddenly there's a really good passing team, so then everyone goes and passes the ball. Well, then who starts winning playoff games? Running and defense teams do, right? Or... Or you see offensive lines being built with a uh, zone emphasis. Well, sudden, suddenly everyone does the zone emphasis. And then who gets really successful? A road grading team that focuses on matchups. Right? Like, it's always a go against the trend and you're going to find a niche and you're at least going to be successful. Football's been like that for a very, very, very long time, dating all the way back to the forward pass. And right now, there's not that many great tight ends in the NFL. Just a handful of them. And the teams that have them are prospering. And last night's game was a perfect encapsulation of that with Travis Kelsey and Dallas Goddard. Kelsey with, I think, 81 yards. Goddard with something like 60. In a game that didn't have that much passing production in the grand scheme of things. Yet those two stood out on each side of the field as being massively productive. It's a position that the Green Bay Packers have to upgrade. Even if they sign Tunyon again, they have to address the tight end position. Because eventually, for Matt LaFleur's offense, you know, the one that it should be run as, with lots of motion, lots of deception, lots of quick elements to it, you're going to need a tight end. And the Packers haven't had one for two years now. And then number five. We've seen over the course of the last 15 years how heavily the Green Bay Packers have invested in the defensive side of the ball. Two varying results, mostly poor in the first part of the 15, but now that we're in the latter part, we're at least getting better. 
But we've seen how heavily between free agent signings, first round draft picks, how heavily the Green Bay Packers have invested in the defensive side of the ball. But here's the thing. A good offense can beat a great defense. The game of football is tilted towards offense. It is easier to play offense than it is to play defense. It's easier to run a route than it is to follow a guy running a route. You always need one level better of defense to stop the offense. And what we know is that with the Green Bay Packers as they are, Offensively, they're just not good enough anymore to beat much of anyone. At least not through most of this year. Not with how they were. Not philosophically. So, if you know that in the modern day game, that a good offense can beat a great defense, and oftentimes not the other way around, then it's probably time that you start investing on the offensive side of the ball again. Because whether it's Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, or Jordan Love, you need guys who are going to make plays. You need consistency. You need a philosophy. You need intent. And that's one thing that I think has been lacking on the offensive side of the ball is intent and purpose and consistency. So it's time to start investing in the offense again. And I'm not saying you need to spend $100 million and go sign a number one wide receiver. But I am saying that ball, that side of the ball needs some really critical thought. And it goes a lot deeper than just trotting out big, fast guys. Including, you know, don't take it lightly. At least I wouldn't. That after the game, there were several people crediting Patrick Mahomes For as soon as Tyreek Hill left, Patrick Mahomes came in and took these new wide receivers out. Got on the same page with them. Worked hard at it early. I'm not going to go after Rodgers for not coming to all the offseason stuff. I completely understand it. And I'm not saying that they need to go play Fortnite every Tuesday night. What I am saying is there are differences that we're seeing now between the teams that have done this really successfully and what the current Green Bay Packers are. That's it for today's episode of Lombardi Time Brews. I will be back on Wednesday. We're going to be charting out the course of how the Packers can get back to being a Super Bowl contender. We're also going to start looking ahead at some of the mock drafts because now, yeah, it's officially draft season now. Going to start looking ahead as well. There's a lot of interesting Hall of Fame discussion happening right now too since that was in the news last week about who should be in the Hall of Fame versus who shouldn't. So uh, certainly uh, we'll be looking into that as well. Hope you're having a great day. As always, thanks for joining us, and Go Pack Go!